0: of paper out of stock there's friendly faces around the block break loose from the chains that are causing you pain call michael and stanley jim dwight creek call andy and kelly for
1: your business paper needs dunder mifflin the people persons
0: paper people since paper people time out, time out, time out, Hey, everybody Welcome to episode 8 of Out of Paper I'm Rob I'm Dan How you guys doing today? Today we're covering season 2, episode 2 of The Office Titled, Sexual Harassment Oh boy Yeah, this is gonna be a tricky episode We're gonna have to maybe walk on some eggshells here Cause this is some... <laughs> touchy subject matter we're, we're broaching today. Got to really be sensitive. Well, that being said, let's move into some news. All right. <laughs> so this week, BJ Novak and Mindy Kaling were uh, at an L.A. Lakers game. And uh, there's been a lot of rumors lately that uh, their on-again, off-again relationship is heating up again. Oh, boy. Oh, man. We better keep track of this story
1: very closely. <laughs> Any updates? <laughs> we can even make mini-episodes if there's new updates. Yeah, we should. I mean, were they just at the game together? Do some paparazzi
0: photo reviews? Were they making out
1: in front of everyone?
0: No, they were just sitting next to Steve each other. Crill and Steve Carell told everyone about it? <laughs> <laughs> it was just them together, looking all dapper and and polished up. Cool. Yeah.
1: Right, I think they are friends aren't they regardless of romance being on again or off again yeah. or
0: whatever you know let's give <laughs> give into the gossip a little bit just to up our our listener numbers okay <laughs> Are those the listeners we want rob <laughs> we want listeners of all kinds damn fair enough and one other thing we wanted to bring up is that uh just a couple of days ago we got to see Mr. Craig Robinson in the flesh yeah doing his Piano comedy routine. And it was amazing.
1: Very excellent. Highly recommend any listeners that see him come into your town. Yeah, you got to go. And as far as shows like that, it wasn't even that expensive either. No. Like how much for tickets is like 30, 40
0: bucks a piece, something like that. Yeah. And honestly, well worth it. I don't think I've laughed that consistently at a comedy show in a long time.
1: No, me neither. And it was like one of those, I feel like he just immediately gets you in that zone that some comics, at least for me, get you in where you're just hanging on their word. And like, yeah. I feel like he could have just made a farting noise into the mic at some point. I would have burst out laughing just because. (laughs) Yeah, it was really great. And he's way too classy for that.
0: So he is. Yeah, that would never happen. Although there was a joke in there about Barry White being able to make. (laughs) farting sexy that's true (laughs) so you know so i guess he's not too classy for it and for us it was great yeah it was and for us this crosses off two members of the office that we've actually seen in person that's right we saw creed i guess it was you know four or five months ago sounds about right yeah and uh, he also put on a great show. Mm-hmm. It wasn't strict, strictly comedy like Craig Robinson's was. but No, but it was
1: very musical.
0: Yeah, it was fun nonetheless. And yeah, he played guitar. And
1: I would love to see Creed again at a different venue, honestly. Uh, uh, like
0: half the crowd, I would say, showed up and took pictures of Creed so they could put it on their Facebook page and be like, look what I did tonight. I saw Creed. And that's all they were there for. Which bummed me out. Yeah, but fortunately, when they left,
1: I was going to say, was "Great!" <laughs> yeah, halfway
0: through the show, when they all shuffled out, it was amazing. It was a really good time. Mm-hmm. So, shout out to Craig Robinson and Creed Bratton. Yes. Who's next? I don't know. I, don't, I mean,
1: I don't know who else tours. Yeah, but we'll have to keep an eye out. If we could ever see Steve Martin and Ed Helms play together, <laughs> that would be amazing. Hell yeah! Bet that might be a little
0: more expensive. Actually i've seen ed helms what but i wasn't with dan yeah he was at uh he was at bonnaroo one year doing uh what do they call those super jam and it was all bluegrass players and ed helms was the host yeah that was awesome it was a lot of fun very cool yeah but i'm sure we'll be back on the road again we'll we'll go catch them together one of these years all right steve martin's there. added bonus. Yeah, that would be great.
1: Yeah, I uh, tell you about the day Steve Martin died, Rob? <laughs>
0: <laughs> so this week's episode, "Sexual Harassment," aired on September twenty second, two thousand five. Written by B.J. Novak and directed by our favorite director on this show, Ken Quippe. Oh yeah, but we gotta say, we did find out recently how his name was actually pronounced. It's but not personally. Quipi. <laughs> Personally, I'd rather not even get into it, because I have too much fun saying Quapi.
1: What if we maybe one day have the opportunity to interview Ken Quapi, and he refuses because we never pronounce his name correctly?
0: (laughs) Ken, I hope you have a better sense of humor than that. (laughs) Now you're chiding Ken (laughs) Quapi. It's
1: all in good fun. We love you, Ken. This is going to be the first episode of our podcast that he listens to. He's like, what is this shit? Oh, <laughs> the man. fuck do these
0: guys think they are? <laughs> Imagine if Ken Quipi listened to our podcast. So That'd be great. Episode opens directly to... Credits. The credits. The intro, yeah. introduction credits. Another no cold open episode. That's right. So first thing we see is Michael walking out of his office with this mischievous smirk on his face, sidles up to Mr. Jim Halpert. Fat Jim. <laughs> and goads him into opening his email. And it turns out Jim doesn't see an email from Michael. <laughs> so Michael suggests, oh, so check your spam folder. Sure enough, that's where Michael's email was. Makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> Which basically means that Jim just sends all of Michael's emails to spam. One thing
1: I was wondering about in the beginning of this episode, do you think that Michael is already on his system where he marks all of his emails urgent A through urgent D? (laughs) Is there an A through D? uh, I think in a much later episode, yeah, he talks about Ah. how someone complains to him that he marks every email urgent. (laughs) And he he has a little talking head where he says he learned a while ago that if he doesn't mark emails urgent, nobody will ever open them. (laughs) So he's like, yeah, I marked them urgent A through urgent
0: D. He's like, you know, you really only have to read urgent A. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> so Jim opens the email, and it's a forwarded chain mail joke. And uh, the title of the email is 50 ways to tell if your priest might be Michael Jackson. Topical. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jim, Jim sarcastically <laughs> goes, huh, topical but uh i feel like it's more topical right now than it even was then considering this hbo documentary that came out recently
1: oh i didn't even know that happened i had no idea what you were oh, talking about oh really yeah oh man
0: so it's been a it's been kind of a cultural zeitgeist of the last month that really? uh, yeah there was two of michael jackson's accusers did a short docu series on hbo hosted by oprah winfrey about their experience uh basically touring with Michael Jackson and the various oddities that occurred while Yikes. they were doing that, yeah, and sounds like a dark watch mm-hmm there's been did you see it? I didn't want to, okay,
1: fair enough, yeah, I feel like that's the kind of thing that's just going to bum me out I mean I to be honest either,
0: I never really doubted that. Michael Jackson had this dark side to him and did stuff like that. I mean, we've been joking about this stuff for like the last three decades.
1: Yeah. I don't think many people doubted it. Right. They themselves are weirdly whimsical
0: people. Yeah. It's, it's a number of radio stations have, have stopped playing Michael Jackson songs. And, uh, I've heard of record stores pulling their Michael Jackson stock. Wow. Yeah. So it's been, a it's had quite a large impact. I don't, it's interesting that they're doing that
1: now, like somehow this is new information that's come to light. I mean, we live in strange times. Yeah. People are very sensitive. and Well, I'm not saying that they shouldn't be doing
0: it now. No, I'm no, I'm just no. saying
1: it's weird they didn't do it I agree. 20 years ago if well, they're going
0: to do it now. Yeah. I'm, but think about, A, there wasn't a huge public outcry for them to, to not play his music, and B, they were making a lot of money. Off of his music. So
1: Yeah, that's that's the little reason they can take a principled stance now is the money's not flowing in like
0: it once was. So that's possible. What percentage yeah.
1: would we lose if we stopped playing Michael Jackson? Two, right yeah, okay, whatever. Mm-hmm.
0: Point two, even better. Yeah, that's that's probably not something that a lot of people would even dare talk about. But yeah. So it is, you know, it wasn't topical in two thousand five, but it's pretty topical right now.
1: Yeah. I mean, some people are speaking truth to power back then. I remember. I think it was around two thousand seven, two thousand eight. I saw Guar perform live, and they definitely had someone dress up like Michael Jackson and perform acts on a uh, mm. alien baby fetus. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Guar, <laughs> they would. Yeah, it was great. I mean, the show was great. That specifically was <laughs> Not- entertaining, but it wasn't like my. You know, crowning point of the night by any stretch. <laughs> right.
0: Anyway, moving on, we get a talking head with Michael. He essentially is, you know, comparing the Office to Friends, mm-hmm. and he is Joey and Chandler. Pam is Rachel. Dwight is Kramer. Dwight is Kramer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that. Obviously. I mean, I, I guess I have to explain this because there could be some young listeners that didn't really get that reference.
1: That's possible. And I i got to admit, I don't fully understand. I mean, broad strokes, I get the friends part of the references. <laughs> but yeah, I've seen enough episodes. I know who the
0: characters are. Yeah. But so, I, that's about it. Joey, Ross, and Rachel are all on Friends. Joey was kind of dumb, but he had extraordinary luck with the ladies. And he was funny. He was funny. Chandler was also funny, but more like sarcastic. Wasn't he also drawing. rich? Chandler? Oh, I don't know. I feel like he was rich for some reason.
1: I mean, maybe he just was the one that paid their rent.
0: They all had to be somewhat wealthy because the apartments that they lived
1: in in New York. I think that was just one of the things about friends that you just don't, like, don't talk about. I think half right. the people that lived in that apartment were unemployed <laughs> yeah. for half the show and always struggling with
0: money, even though they can afford to go down to the coffee shop every day yeah uh rachel jennifer aniston was played by jennifer aniston she was kind of an emotionally immature woman trying to find her way in the world i would say i don't know okay take your word for it i haven't seen enough friends to i mean neither have i it's just episodes here and there and then kramer
1: Kramer's Kramer. I mean, you can't even really explain Kramer. <laughs> but he's
0: not even from the same show. He's from oh, Seinfeld. Yeah. <laughs> and he's just the wacky neighbor that pops in and has all of these <laughs> cockamamie ideas about get-rich-quick schemes and <laughs> ways to survive in the city. I don't know. It's, it's a funny comparison.
1: If we had to assign, uh, just just for the sake of brevity, the main four Seinfeld characters to a character in The Office that fit them archetypally. Who would you assign to who? I don't know if I would necessarily make Dwight Kramer. No. I would make Dwight Newman. Newman. So Jim is Jerry. (laughs) Yeah, Jim is Jerry. Okay. Is Michael George? Yes. Okay. I would. uh, That's a very different take on George. It is. In a lot of ways, it's the only one that makes any sense. Yeah. I don't know. Even if it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. I
0: don't know who Elaine would be. Yeah, that's a tough one. Jan, maybe? That's the closest, <laughs> closest. That's the closest, I think. <laughs> At you least can if we're get.
1: talking later seasons Elaine, sure, Jan. It's Early like, seasons Elaine, maybe it's like a combination late seasons, Pam?
0: Yeah, it's like a combination of Jan, Meredith, and Angela. Somehow aspects of those three characters together Jan Jeleredith. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and yeah, Kramer would be. Who would Kramer be? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if there is a real Kramer in the office. No, not really. Maybe kind of Dwight and Michael together, like certain aspects of their personality, but... I could see that. Yeah. Maybe Nate? And uh, I think there's just nobody like Kramer, ultimately. (laughs) So Michael makes his way over to Dwight's desk. Dwight has this funny video that he's trying to get Michael to forward around because Michael is the king of email forwards. He's really desperate for him to forward this email. Oh yeah. Yeah. And you know Michael does enjoy it. He does, but he's not sure if it if it, you know, meets the standards of a of Mm -hmm. a Michael forwarded email. And (laughs) the
1: high standards of forty ways to tell your (laughs) priest is Michael Jackson. Yeah.
0: (laughs) And from behind comes Todd Packer. Well, we'll see because I, I don't know if it's... A...
1: Oh, come on! what hey. has two thumbs and likes to bone your mom?
2: Oh. This guy! <laughs> <laughs> oh, you are so bad. <laughs> yeah! Oh, dude, so bad. <laughs> Ow. Oh, this guy is out of control. He is a madman. Better get the bleep button ready for him. Bleep, bleep. <laughs> What's up, Halpert? Still queer? <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> Todd Packer and I our total BFF, best friends forever. He and I came up together as salesmen. One time we were out and we met this set of twins and Packer told them that we were brothers. And so, you know, one thing led to another and we brought him back to the motel. And then Packer did both of them. It
1: was awesome. It was so- <laughs> <laughs> It was awesome.
0: <laughs> Todd Packer. Oh, man. The man he loved to hate. I like how shortly after this, Michael says, Oh, Todd Packer. That guy can do anything. <laughs> and Jim, under his breath, is like, Except past that breathalyzer. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> He's a big William Hung fan. So, Todd Packer. He is played by David Keckner, Born August 24th. Nineteen fifty four. And we uh we brought this up in our first episode. We did. Yeah. Because uh, that wasn't
1: him. We talked about how he was oh, not right. in that episode. yeah. On the phone <laughs> sounded like Creed, maybe. That's true. Yeah. It's funny too thinking about how they clearly used Creed for that mine call that you know mm-hmm. Michael made trying to boost morale. Right. Considering that yeah, I don't think Creed speaks until the Halloween episode, so he was a perfect cast member to have in the background reacting to stuff, and
0: then use his voice whenever you need it. Because that's true. You'll never know it's him. I wonder if he was going to be a permanent cast member from the get-go. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Huh. Uh, so David Koechner cut his teeth in comedy at Improv Olympic in Chicago before moving over to Second City. Oh, cool. Yeah, a lot of Second City people in the office.
1: Yeah, and I feel like a lot of second city people just spread throughout Hollywood. Yeah, yeah, that's like a big launching off point for a lot
0: of mm-hmm.
1: comedic talent. And I feel like, yeah, especially if you're in the Midwest, you know, if you came up in the West Coast, you're one of the UCB people. If you came up in the Midwest, second city, right? And uh, I don't know what the East Coast does. I mean, SNL. Yeah, but I, I'm that's, thinking for improv. Yeah, I was like say someone that's, that. Would be dreaming
0: of getting on SNL, but isn't to that level yet. Right. He worked on SNL and Conan before forming a comedy musical duo with David Gruber Allen called The Naked Trucker and T-Bone Show. They opened for Tenacious D on their 2007 tour. Wow. Mm-hmm. And after that, they signed a contract with Comedy Central for a season of a sketch comedy show under the same name. You know, I actually remember seeing commercials for that show. I don't know if I ever caught it. Yeah, I don't know if I did either. But yeah, I remember that too. And you know what this
1: also is? We should start keeping a tally on this show, this podcast, of times that people interact with Conan O'Brien professionally before working on The Office. Dude, I know, right? Like, Seinfeld has Jake and the Fat Man. I feel like Conan O'Brien is... The Office is Jake and the Fat Man. If, Seems like it. If you're going to be in The Office, you've done something with Conan. That's true. In your past.
0: Yeah. Once his career took off, he landed a role in Anchorman as Champ Kind and reprised that role in Anchorman 2. I don't think I ever knew Champ had a last name until this moment. Oh, I feel like when you actually see him doing his broadcasting. That would make sense. That they they show have his on the name bottom. on the screen. Yeah. yeah. And I feel like a character says it at one point, but I can't. It's been too long since I've seen it.
1: Yeah, I'm sure they do. It's been a long time for me, too. But he made a big impression as Champ, I feel like. I remember oh, yeah. him
0: specifically and him being named Champ. That wasn't even the first thing I saw him in. No, uh, it was the first thing. Uh, Out Cold. Ah. Yeah. I don't know if I've ever seen that. Oh, really? Yeah. That was uh, Zach Galifianakis' big breakout movie as well. Oh, wow. Yeah. Interesting.
1: I think the first time I saw him was The Hangover. What? Yeah. Really? Yeah.
0: Holy cow. Either that or Between Two Ferns. Mm. I'm not sure which of those I saw first, though. He was also in Talladega Nights, Thank You for Smoking, Waiting, uh, and Extract. Who was he in Thank You for Smoking? I don't remember. Okay. I don't think it was a big role. It's been a long time since I've seen it. That was a pretty great movie. Yeah, it was good.
1: He Um, was amazing
0: in Extract. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I was gonna bring that up. <laughs> I love how Mike Judge just has a a way to portray neighbors. It's just so good, and like everything, everything he mm-hmm. does, there's always like a neighbor character, and they're they're not the same kind of neighbor. No, 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 no. Ever. Office Space had a much different neighbor than yeah. Extract
1: and and I feel like Extract's interesting too because I've seen David Koechner play a lot of. Todd Packer-esque characters, which is also funny because in interviews with him, he, as a human, couldn't be further from being this kind of person, it seems like. Right. He's just very laid back, down to earth, like Mm -hmm. somewhat of an intellectual, it seems like. So it's a funny contrast. But uh, he plays a lot of loudmouth, brash jerks. Mm -hmm. And an Extract, I guess he is those things, but it's just a very different tone of it. He's not
0: loudmouthed, but he's definitely a jerk. Yeah, but it's not malicious. It's more. No, it's like simpering. I was going to say, like, there's a desperation to it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But also a lack, seemingly a willful lack of awareness for what other people are going through or trying to do, or. Could be, yeah. I mean, it's. I feel like he. Like, it's not that he just doesn't pick up on social cues and, like, is harassing his neighbors. Like, he, like, will literally shove his foot into a closing door (laughs) to continue going. (laughs) Yeah. I feel like that's the next level beyond lacking awareness. It is. (laughs) But then once that door opens again, he's just like, by the way.
0: (laughs) Yeah, he's really great in that. Yeah. Um, More recently, he co-starred in Krampus. He got critical acclaim for his work in the 2014 black comedy Cheap Thrills, which kind of made me want to see it, because apparently critics just raved about his performance in that. I don't even know if I ever heard of it. I don't think I have either. Let's check it out. Yeah. It's added to the list. Oh, boy. (laughs) list is getting long already. Oh, yeah. Uh, Keeps going well into (laughs) 2030. Yeah. He co-starred in CBS's Superior Donuts and Comedy Central's Another Period. Currently, he co-stars in ABC's The Goldbergs and voices Frank's Boss in F is for Family. Oh, yeah. He is Frank's Boss. He's great. I wonder how he gets his voice to sound like that. It's almost like he has to stuff marshmallows into his cheeks. (laughs) Yeah. The other thought I had is maybe he takes
1: one of those, like, airline neck pillows, but he puts it on his neck the wrong way and then just leans into it as he
0: speaks.
1: (laughs) That's not a bad uh, hypothesis. Because he definitely really sells you on a guy that's speaking through a giant roll of fat surrounding his neck that's wider than his head. Right. And with, like, a partially full mouth.
0: Like, has food in his mouth.
1: Yeah. And David keckner I, I wouldn't describe him as skinny, but I wouldn't describe him as fat, either. Mm-mm. Yeah, that guy. <laughs> I like how that guy just is constantly, like, the second one cigarette goes out, or even before it, he's just, like, trying, just slowly putting another one in. Yeah. His... <laughs> it's ridiculous. It is. And I guess he's in the Goldbergs with Jeff Garland, so that's cool. Yeah, that's right. I've never seen that show, either. Me either. Well, on the list. On the list. <laughs> It's and we're going to, to make a podcast about every one of these things On this list that we watch too <laughs> Out of paper, still
0: still. <laughs> still out of paper Forever out of paper maybe at this rate <laughs> <laughs> So back to the episode We see Packers sitting in the bullpen Michael claims to have a juicy piece of gossip for him They talk about the CFO of the company resigning Randall Randall Yeah, which is, uh, I never really paid
1: very close attention to that tidbit on previous rewatches, but now I obviously did. And uh, yeah, I guess that paves the way for David Wallace, everyone's favorite CFO. That's right. To get hired. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Not his
0: initials, (laughs) common mistake. (laughs) So Packer looks at Michael and he's like, what, are you kidding me? Everybody knows why he got fired. And continues to fill in the office that uh, the CFO Randall was having an affair with his secretary. Although Packer put it much more crudely. Mm-hmm. Describing the secretary, Packer said, She was totally incompetent. We're talking blonde incompetent. And of course, cut to Angela with a disproving <laughs> look. Right. And Michael's like, Well, you know, blondes, brunettes, you know, they can all be stupid. Mm-hmm. And. They're all women, right? Right. Terrible. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Oh, Packer. Yeah, I feel like all the women in the
1: office are just kind of looking to Michael to say something. Right. Which,
0: honestly, I don't know why they would be. All Michael says is, oh, I didn't say it. I didn't say it. And (laughs) Packer points at himself with his thumbs again. He's like, I did. Yeah, he's very excited. And they laugh about it. and, And Packer... Asks Michael if there's anyone in the office who can drive him around that day because, you know, of the DUI. So, Michael throws Ryan's hat in the ring. Ryan gets up, and both him and Packer leave. And we Mm -hmm. see them in the parking lot walking up to Packer's Corvette. Double parked. Which is taking (laughs) up two parking spaces. And he has a vanity plate on the back, which uh, reads as W.L. Hung. (laughs) So, Ryan... I assume, sarcastically asks him, oh, are you a big William Hung fan? (laughs) Packer's like, no, no, why does everybody keep asking me that? Who the hell is that? (laughs) So if anyone was curious and wasn't aware, William Hung is a Hong Kong-born American former singer who gained fame in early 2004 as a result of his unsuccessful audition performance of Ricky Martin's hit song, She Bangs. On the third season of American Idol. Yep. I remember this now, too. But it's funny. Cause oh, I, yeah. I didn't. Too. I didn't realize that's who Ryan was referencing in the episode. Really? I guess. I don't I,
1: know why. That always stuck out with me, Like just remembering that video and his name. I have no idea why. Yeah. Hm. I think I saw it maybe once. I never watched that season of American Idol. Did you watch any season of American Idol? I watched about half the first season. Hm. There's never anything like it. That i knew of when it first came out so it seemed mildly interesting mm, that's true i guess
0: and we were kids we were yeah don't judge me rob Fair enough. That i was just curious just i don't kidding. know <laughs> i mean it, it just seemed to me that you wouldn't have been into that kind of music it's been my favorite time. show for 19 <laughs> years <laughs> no, and yeah.
1: the fact that you don't know that <laughs> oh my god makes me think we're not as close as i thought who we hosts were. it now you're gonna, yeah, you're gonna yeah, use that's what I thought. You're gonna try to use my words <laughs> against me. <laughs> you know, I'm not gonna answer that just because I don't have to, but I know who hosts it. <laughs> I have their poster above my bed. Mm-hmm. Yep. Just the one person? Them, you know, could be either a single <laughs> or multiple people, depending on the <laughs> depending on the context. Whatever oh. whatever
0: fits. <laughs> okay, well I think we know whether or not you're watching American Idol anymore. Every day. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, we go back to the office and we see Kevin at his computer. And for a very brief second, we see the contents of his inbox. Mm -hmm. And uh, there's a couple notable things in there. So we see Pam has emailed Kevin a couple times, but her last name is spelled B E A S L Y not B-E-E-S-L-Y, like it's later spelled Mm -hmm. in episodes in the future. And Dwight's last name is also spelled S-H-R-U-T-E instead of Mm S-C-H-R-U-T-E. Just interesting. And he's also seemingly watching the monkey video that Dwight was asking (laughs) Michael if he could forward around And uh, it seems like Dwight just went ahead and took the initiative and did it himself. Didn't wait for Michael's approval. So Michael has a change of heart and approaches Dwight, asking him if it's still okay for him to forward around that that monkey video. And Dwight enthusiastically agrees. And Michael's like, I'm going to forward it like it's hot. Forward it like it's hot. (laughs) Trying to do a Snoop Dogg thing. Which is a recent song at the time. But then Michael looks at the camera and goes, Old school. <laughs> and shortly after this, Toby approaches from behind and wants to talk to Michael in his office. Michael?
2: Yes, Toby.
0: Um, I need to talk to you in your office. It'll just take two seconds.
2: <clears throat> um, literally two seconds? Toby is in HR, which technically means he works for corporate, so he's really not a part of our family. Also, he's divorced, so he's really not a part of his family.
0: Poor Toby. That is harsh. (laughs) It does say a lot about Michael and Toby's relationship, though. Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah, because of the CFO's lurid behaviors, corporate is sending a lawyer down to refresh Michael on the company's sexual harassment policies. And Toby himself is giving a presentation to the office about sexual harassment. So Michael's not happy about any of this. He doesn't want to be censored. He wants people to be able to tell jokes and be themselves and not have to worry about every little thing they say. Mm -hmm. So Michael's plan is to just get a really good joke (laughs) that everyone's going to lose their shit over. and. They're all going to be on his side. So <clears throat> Michael goes down to the warehouse to find the perfect joke. And uh, the warehouse guys decide they're going to show Michael what they find funny <laughs> while they're at work. Which is essentially just razzing anybody who <laughs> does something lame or is lame. Those are some awful tight pants
1: you're wearing. <laughs> you can see, see all your business. All
0: your business coming around the corner good thing you don't have much business to begin with (laughs) okay okay that's great but you know i'm I'm looking for a joke that's not necessarily at my expense so the warehouse guys go back and forth with him for a little while until it just totally devolves into the guys making kissy face sounds (laughs) michael
1: just runs away michael
0: runs away and then Right before the camera cuts from the scene, someone starts making, like, goat sounds. Yeah. <laughs> just, yeah. It's real ridiculous real quick.
1: You know what I also noticed in this scene, which I don't know if it came up in another episode earlier and I just didn't remember, mm-hmm. but um, that, who I assume is also the Eastern European gal, as she's referred to in the basketball episode, that Madge is standing, leaning against one of the trees near Daryl, making fun of Michael. Mm-hmm. I think, besides Daryl, she might be the longest-running warehouse worker in, like, the whole series. Really? Yeah. Can you think of anybody else that
0: sticks around the whole I'm trying. Run? I mean, I'm trying to think of whether or not she's there at the end. She is there, because I recently... <laughs> Oh, there is that scene. Watch the
1: episode in season seven where mm-hmm. the warehouse employees start selling paper, and say. Jim specifically brings up that Madge, Madge just made, made her first sale. sale.
0: Right. So that's season. She's seven? at least
1: there for yeah okay. that many seasons. All right, but cool. I think everybody else in the warehouse, with the exception of Daryl at that point, has been replaced. Seems I mean, Sea like Monster Patrice O'Neill, unfortunately, I'm pretty sure, passed, passed away at that point. Yeah. Um, but everybody else, even, I think they've all just gradually kind of been replaced by other people. I know the one guy whose name is escaping me right now, Daryl's friend shows up that, uh, you know, Ed Helms kind of gives him flack for, you know, hiring his friend to run the warehouse and they knew it wasn't qualified. Uh,
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. I feel like that
1: guy's not there at this point. He doesn't show up until maybe season three at the earliest. That's true. So yeah, I I feel like, uh. She's a, she's a Dunder Mifflin gal <laughs> through and through. That's right. <laughs> she
0: probably should have been on the sales staff, too, from the sounds of it. Yeah. So meanwhile, Toby's upstairs giving his presentation. We only catch the tail end of it, but everyone seems to have enjoyed themselves watching Toby talk about sexual harassment Yeah, policies. like
1: almost too much, maybe. Yeah. They all clap
0: for they're him like when a, he's
1: done with the sexual yeah. harassment
0: seminar? They're applauding for him. And- <laughs> Yeah, a little weird, but... It's a little strange. It is. It's also funny because I feel like a lot of The Office, in a weird way, shares Michael's disdain for Toby. Maybe not as much. I think they all like Toby at this point. At this point, yeah. Yeah, I feel
1: like, if anything, whenever Toby comes up, people say he's a calming presence or he's cute or he's
0: fun or funny. That's true. And at the end of the presentation, Pam politely asks, you know, I know... On days like this, we all like to make sexual harassment jokes and whatnot. I just ask that when my mom gets here, we don't do that. And Toby's like... Act every day like
1: Pam's, yeah. Pam's mom is coming to visit. Yeah. Did we talk about already? Or did we just kind of brush past it that Pam's mom is coming to visit? Oh yeah, we haven't, like... we haven't talked about it. Okay, because I think
0: before this, there was a talking head. Or is it right after this? So, I don't, yeah, I th- it might be right after this. Yeah, there's a talking head with Pam about... How her mom's coming that day, and oh. she, she lives two hours away, doesn't have a cell phone. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to bring this up,
1: now that we're on that subject. Mm-hmm. Is it not a little weird that her mom's coming to visit her at work? Like, granted, the two hours away, sure, I could see that, no cell phone, but why not time it so that she gets there to meet Pam at her place, or
0: at a restaurant with Roy? I mean, like she said at one point, her mom wanted to meet everybody in the office.
1: But is that not weird? Like, have you, I mean, granted, neither of us live near our, our moms, but if we did, like, do you know anybody that's ever had their mom come in to, like, visit work to just to, like, see the office? Yeah. Really?
0: Yeah. Oh. At a number of places, actually. Wow. Yeah. Well, maybe I'm a weird one. I mean, I'm, Yeah. you just haven't worked anywhere that somebody did that. I guess not. Yeah, I've met a number of employees' parents. Huh. And I
1: think I've seen a lot of people bring spouses and kids, but parents is one that I have not seen.
0: It seems like Pam talks to her mom a lot. And being that the majority of her life is spent in the office, I'm sure a lot of what she talks to her mom about is the people there. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I can I don't find it weird that she would want to come check out where Pam's working and all of the people she's been talking about. How little she knows what's coming in the
1: future (laughs) involving that office and people that work there. Right. And I mean, even involving her, she's going to be an entirely different human being (laughs) when that happens. (laughs) Uh, This is Pam's fake mom. That's the way I've always seen this episode. (laughs) Just like Andy has his fake parents. Watch him get engaged to Angela. Yeah, that's true. And they don't even have the same name as his real parents that you meet later in the series. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Although Andy strikes me, if we're going to go into like weird uh, Toby is the Scranton Strangler territory, I could see Andy hiring two random milk toast people to be his fake parents for his engagement in front of all of his coworkers. Oh my God. Especially considering what his real parents are like when
0: we actually do meet them. That is true. Would you ever want them around for your engagement? I wouldn't want them around for anything. No. So Michael walks in. Toby's still up there, like at the tail end of the presentation and. Michael has a friend with him. It's a blow-up doll <laughs> wearing pink panties. Jim's girlfriend. And uh, doesn't really say anything about the blow-up doll. It's just there with him. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so Michael pleads his case to the office. And he's like, do you guys have any idea what you'll be missing if we implement these policies into our office? And Angela <laughs> chimes in with email forwards. And Michael's like, "Yes, thank you, Angela." Mwah. <laughs> Angela seems very nonplussed by her recognition yeah. for this and <clears throat> Michael's going all out with his enthusiastic like theater-style air <laughs> yeah. kisses this episode. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> and I love it. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, you know, he claims he's the king of forwards and then Angela says, "Well, I personally don't like them." They're always cont- they always contain dirty humor. <laughs> and at the end, it says, Forward 10 people or else you'll have bad luck. <laughs> and Michael just like sloughs her off and continues on. Toby brings up the concept of office romances and says they should always be avoided. Mm-hmm. Phyllis says, Well, would we have to report like a one night stand? Yeah. <laughs> and we get a really good gym face? So who do you think her one night stand was? That's a good question. I don't know if it was anybody. I think she was maybe like You think it's like Kevin? She goes to another school. <laughs> no. <laughs> I think maybe that she had suspicions and was kind of throwing that out there to see if the person that she was suspicious of like reacted in any yeah. way. I, f- I wouldn't Tricky put Phyllis. it I wouldn't put it past Phyllis to do something
1: like that. I wouldn't either. Yeah. Oh, well, I've got a different theory. Okay, Creed.
0: No. Yep. No. Why not? Why? Why not? No. Just why? I, I don't. Mean, s- Meredith and Creed. <laughs> yeah, but that makes way more sense. I don't know. Creed could be charming at points. Mm, not to Phyllis. I
1: don't know. I I can't honestly think of any scenes where Creed and Phyllis interact
0: ever. They just don't seem like compatible people in any sense.
1: To me. I mean, Creed's eccentric? Bob Vance is eccentric? No.
0: I mean, yes, but not in the way that Creed is eccentric. No, that's true. Yeah. Bob Vance is still very grounded in reality. Creed. Meh. All right, well,
1: in in to to lend credence to your arguments, I'll amend my theory. <laughs> okay. Creed or Devin?
0: <laughs> okay, well, I mean, Devin, I can't say no to Devin. Devin's a blank slate, he so is. sure why not. Yeah. Yeah. I, yep. Yeah okay fair enough it's possible phyllis has i feel like
1: creed's just a wild card that's why i would throw him in the mix yeah i could but, see creed doing whatever phyllis it seems phyllis more has unlikely. standards but i mean again we know from points things that phyllis says at some point that she was in a pretty dark place was very lonely was very depressed and then she met bob and you know was doing much better yeah you know, I could see Creed Bratton waiting at the end of a long, lonely, dark, depressing road <laughs> for a woman. <laughs> okay. I mean, I'm or yeah. a man, you know, it's a dark, muddy, wet, rainy road. There's, it'd be impossible to tell. I won't say it's impossible. You know, he starts playing guitar. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. We're going to have to get
0: Creed on the show and ask him. <laughs> he be like, yep, it was me. So continuing on to try to get people on his side, Michael pleads his case to Stanley directly and says, what about Stanley's picture by his desk? Oh, no. It's the best part (laughs) of his morning every time he stares at it. (laughs) It's hot and sexy. It turns him on. (laughs) You're just going to take it away from him? (laughs) That is my daughter. She goes to Catholic girls school. I'm taking it down right now. (laughs) It's funny because you can just see the floor drop out from underneath Michael on the inside. He was just. Yeah. He just has this look of like, oh.
1: And a moment before that, I feel like you see the floor drop out in Stanley's face when Michael starts <laughs> going on about the picture. It cuts to Stanley and he looks both simultaneously just awestruck and furious. Oh, yeah. Just like he just cannot fathom <sighs> what's happening. And especially. Considering in a few episodes, we meet Stanley's daughter, the girl in question. Right. And she's in eighth grade. Ugh.
0: Yeah. That is <laughs> just awful. So then we get a talking head with Jim, and he has his European girlfriend with him. <laughs> and she came on the camera without wearing a shirt. Jim's like, oh, I told you to put on a shirt. What are you doing? You're on camera. <laughs> and then he apologizes to the camera and's like, she's European. It's, you know, i can't... I don't know. She, she's just, <laughs> and uh, his girlfriend was the blow-up doll. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and the blow-up doll persistent, persists to kiss him, and Jim keeps having to push her away. I think my favorite version of Jim's girlfriend is when she has the
1: cut-out Polaroid of Michael's face scotch-taped to her face. <laughs>
0: she's back in the warehouse. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so then... Michael's still trying to figure out where the line is, and he (laughs) says, what if Pam were a lesbian? She brought her girlfriend to work. (laughs) (laughs) Would that be inappropriate? No. (laughs) Toby's like, well, no. And then Michael's like, well, okay, okay. What if Pam made out with her girlfriend? In front of everybody. (laughs) In front of everybody. No, no. What if she made out with her girlfriend at home, and well, I came in? And
1: that's after Toby says that that would be inappropriate. Oh, yeah. Okay. If she made out with her girlfriend in front of everyone, and then he switches it to what if it happened at home, but then I told everyone about it. <laughs> and Toby's just like, well, now I'm lost. <laughs> Let's demonstrate. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Ham, get, get up here.
0: Who will be the second woman? Uh, he, scan- he scans yeah. the room. The, the doll. The, the camera lands on Phyllis, and then Meredith, and then Michael decides, "Oh, we'll just use the blow-up doll." <laughs> yeah. oh Pam. God. Pam. And she's just left sitting there in shock <laughs> and disgust, and then the camera cuts away to the just, beginning of a sexual harassment <laughs> yeah, video. That's right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and a pretty uh, great cut. Yeah, we see the Prop intro. Ken yeah, AP,
0: sorry. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so we see the video for a second the intro of it and uh the scene cuts to dwight having a serious discussion with toby so now it's serious <laughs> hey
2: toby
1: that's hey, right you said that we could come to you if we had any questions
2: sure where's the clitoris
0: On a website, it said at the crest of the labia. What does that mean? What does the female vagina look like? Technically,
1: I am in human resources, and Dwight was asking about human anatomy. Um, I'm just sad the public school system failed him so badly. <laughs> you know what now i think he is fucking with him
0: from that one line yes i agree with you (laughs) so yeah i don't i don't know if it got recorded but dan and i whenever this scene comes up we get in a debate as to whether or not dwight is being sincere or he's doing this just as a way to mess with toby i've come around to rob's way of thinking (laughs) but i mean neither of us know for certain No,
1: and beyond that, there is no certain because this is a fictional television show. That's true, but 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 I, if we're gonna you know debate it like it's not, then uh,
0: I've come around. Yeah, I see things your way now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the whole throughout the whole scene, Rain Wilson seems to be like fighting, just bursting out laughing (laughs) because it is kind of ridiculous. His tone is hilarious too. Yeah. Crest of the labia. What does that mean? What does that mean? (laughs) What does the female vagina look like? (laughs) But I mean, growing up on a farm, you have probably multiple female animals of various
1: species. He's seen all varieties of farm animals going at it in every possible combination. Chicken on goat?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Right, so I have a feeling he's pretty familiar with mammalian sex organs, whether it's a human or not. I think he has somewhat of an idea that they're largely similar. Goat on chicken.
1: <laughs> a couple of chickens doing a goat. A couple of pigs watching. <laughs> Whoever drew this got it exactly right. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's great. Um, so we cut to Michael and the warehouse crew watching the video that corporate sent over for sexual harassment training. And the video contains two men in an office asking a female coworker. I forget what they ask her. Do you remember? They ask her if she's a natural redhead. Is that all it is? Why would she be so offended by that? I don't know. Hmm. Well, anyway, they pause the video. Daryl claims that he banged that girl. Yeah, that was that girl from the thing from that thing i banged her (laughs) i like
1: how roy immediately knows who daryl's referring to from the girl from the party the
0: girl from that thing yeah that's so vague (laughs) yeah but uh (coughs) this redhead is played by melinda chilton maybe kilton i looked up her imdb and she's been in various things but Yeah, she looked vaguely familiar to me, but... Nothing I've really seen. Nothing that stood out. Yeah. So Michael is just totally enamored by this revelation, and he wants to share it with the office. So he (laughs) walks out of the conference room and makes an announcement, just as Jan and the corporate lawyer are arriving, and he says... The woman in the sexual harassment (laughs) video. Yeah.
1: Terrell banged her. (laughs) Right as they walk in. Yeah. (laughs) He just stares <laughs> at them and, and he's about ninety percent sure ninety percent sure
0: <laughs> <laughs> he finishes the thought <laughs> right It's funny because Michael thinks that because this woman is misrepresenting herself in a video that she's it, a hypocrite. It totally will know that it vindicates him yeah of any of any like you know it, it essentially gives him. Free reign on what he wants to say in an office without, you know, any consequences or accusations of sexual harassment. I would also like to point out beyond any weird
1: conclusions Michael drew from Daryl possibly banging this woman. Mm -hmm. How does that make her a hypocrite in any way? Yeah. That she appears in a sexual harassment seminar video and that she had sex with
0: someone? Well, I mean, is she a nun? Is office that, like, that office the only? romances are frowned upon. But she doesn't in the, work in the, in the office. In the company policy. Well, I mean, the, she's an actress. It's, a, it's specifically video. a Dunder Mifflin sexual harassment video. Well, yeah, but do you think that they would use Dunder Mifflin employees in the video? I mean, she was at
1: a party that Daryl was at. I, I would assume that she was just some random yeah, actor
0: that they hired, and Daryl possible. happened to be at the party with her. That's possible. I mean, if a company's making a video about that stuff, I would imagine they would actually use people who work at the company and not decide to hire actors.
1: You think? Yeah.
0: I mean, I would assume if we're being realistic about it, a company would probably
1: just hire somebody else to give them a video that's already been made and then they just brand it with their own logo. Yeah, that's probably true. So maybe that's how they got this person. You know, she doesn't work for Dunder Mifflin at all. They just, you know, here's the Dunder Mifflin sexual harassment video done by these people. That could be. Just like the safety video Ed Helms does way late in the series for the chemical company. You know, he's not a scientist working in a lab. He just needs to be wearing a white lab coat and using an eyewash station.
0: Yeah, but I mean, I feel like a company like that would be a lot larger than Dunder Mifflin. I mean, I I just don't know what Dunder Mifflin party Daryl would be going to with
1: a woman who'd be in a video that corporate would be sending over, unless she was an actor. Maybe I thought too much. Maybe a company wide party. Yeah. Either way, I still don't see how it'd make her a hypocrite in any way. Yeah. Unless Daryl banged her through sexual harass, sexually
0: harassing her, and she was into it or something. Well, if she's into it, is it harassment? I guess no. A fun fact is that this video was shot in the actual writer's room for the series. ah, huh, yeah. Yeah. I thought that was fun. That is fun. So as we said before, Jan and the lawyer are there. Todd Packer returns just as Michael starts his meeting with Jan and the lawyer in his office. Pac-Man. And Michael is immediately def- on the defense talking to Jan and the lawyer, <laughs> even though they're not there to punish Michael. They're there to help him. Right. They're there to just essentially, like, you know, cover their ass. Like, they just had their CFO. Like moss on a Mississippi tree stump. (laughs) (laughs) They just had their CFO fired for sexual harassment. Mm -hmm. So they're just, you know, making sure that everybody in the company is abreast of all of the sexual harassment policies.
1: Yeah, Jan, for once, doesn't even seem angry with Michael. Just maybe a little irritated with him, but...
0: Not yet. Well... (laughs) So the corporate lawyer, who is Mr. O'Malley, is played by R.F. Daly, who's been in small parts in a number of shows. The ones I was familiar with was Freaks and Geeks, Undeclared, Arrested Development, Dexter, Curb, and the film Bridesmaids. Huh. So he's been in a number of things. I'm sure they're all bit parts, but yeah, Is Mr. O'Malley, the corporate lawyer or is. He? Yeah, he's the corporate. Lawyer. Okay. Not Michael's lawyer. No, I have him in here too. Gotcha. So Jan points out to Michael, like Michael, you're being, you know, real defensive. Is everything okay? And you know, Michael's like, well, I just don't like the fact that I can't say anything. It's my office. Yeah. And Jan's like, well, Michael, you can't say anything. <laughs> And as soon as she says that, something catches her eye on top of Michael's cabinet inside of his office, and it's the blow-up doll. (laughs) (laughs) So the meeting ends. They leave his office, and Michael has an announcement for everybody.
2: Attention, everyone. Hello. Uh, Yes, I just want you to know that uh, this is not my decision. But from here on out, we can no longer be friends. And when we talk about things here, we must only discuss uh, work-associated things. And uh, you can consider this my retirement from comedy. And in the future, if I want to say something funny or witty or do an impression, I will no longer ever do any of those things. Does that include... That's what she said? Mm hmm. Yes. Wow, that is really hard. You really think you can go all day
0: long? Well, you always left me satisfied and smiling, so. That's
2: what she said! Michael! Michael! Michael, please. Seriously? Please. Come
1: on.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Mwah! <laughs> oh man, I love that it just you—you you watch Michael and it's just boiling up inside mm-hmm. of him until it finally <laughs> flows over, and oh, it's so great! I love that also. Packer is kind of like. Giving him a look like, come yeah. on, come
1: on, you're going to say it. I was going to say that. It's like one of the rare times that Jim and Packer, probably the only time that they're on the same page. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> and as soon as Michael says, that's what she said, like Jim, <laughs> Jim does like a fist pump, like, yes, I got him. Oh,
1: that was I love again. his laugh right after he says it too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just
0: tickled, just completely tickled.
1: And I also love that right after they go back in the office in a moment and Jan is upset with him for doing that, <laughs> he accuses her of just being upset because she didn't think of, think it, of first. it first. <laughs> like You would
0: have said it too. You just yeah, didn't think of it first. You just didn't think of it, <laughs> <laughs> it. Jan's like, that is not my sense of humor, Michael. And she's right. It's not. <laughs> no. Not yet.
1: She definitely says at least one. That's what she said in the series. <laughs> yeah. I think immediately followed up by...
0: Oh God. oh God! yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so as soon as they go back into his office to uh address what Michael just said to everybody, <laughs> Michael's free speech attorney enters the room mr james p albini yep you you might know him from the billboards <laughs> he also does uh what
1: was it uh <laughs> it was a uh, Car, personal liability, and... Uh, Motor- di- motorcycle accidents. Yeah, motorcycle and diet pill lawsuits. Diet pill
0: lawsuits. Does it all. Yeah. and uh, I like that he says it all directly into the camera, too. And just any <laughs> oh, opportunity yeah. to make a commercial. Right, exactly. Uh, James P. Albini is played by Dennis Graber, and he's been in very few things. Okay. So, so we're not going to learn about where he went to college. and No. <laughs> how we get started. <laughs> so Jan... Is very confused by why Michael would be bringing in his own attorney and lets Michael know that Mr. O'Malley is Michael's lawyer. Corporate has him on ret- retainer to uh, essentially help out upper management at Dunder Mifflin, which includes Michael. Yep. He ushers James P. Albini out of the office immediately. <laughs> I already did
1: a lot of paperwork. We'll talk about that later. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Uh, And then we get a talking head with Michael. And his tone has completely changed. Yep. And this is where we really learn that like, Michael's perception of himself versus his status Mm -hmm. are very different. Because Michael had pitted himself against corporate when really without even realizing it he was corporate you yeah know, he's fighting the man but in a sense he is the man so i don't know i just found that disconnect funny yeah,
1: yeah. although he does go up against corporate a lot throughout the he series does. he does for sure so but in like this even instance, though he is technically part of them he does yeah. definitely I feel like see the office more as his like, you know, little family, his neighborhood. Right. You know, Pam is his wife and Jim. <laughs> <laughs> Stanley
0: is their mailman. Oh, <laughs> uh, So, yeah, he's all leaning back in his chair with his hands behind his head and he's just. This is smug Michael now. Yeah. yeah. And he's just like, you know, it's true. You, you got to watch what you say in these times (laughs) yeah well he
1: thought he was gonna get a slap on the wrist and uh right i was gonna say instead he got an attaboy he really didn't but he didn't get the slap on the wrist he was expecting right if he had played it right he may have gotten an attaboy yeah (laughs) but he didn't (laughs) he fudged the uh announcement of his retirement from comedy (laughs) Yeah, I also love, we kind of brushed past it But just the despondent look on Dwight's face When he announces that it's officially his retirement from comedy Dwight looks so sad and
0: so disappointed Oh wow, (laughs) I missed that completely
1: Yeah, I mean, Dwight does, I don't know how much of it's genuine (laughs) But he is one of Michael's biggest comedy fans That's true When Michael starts doing a character And Dwight will be in the corner Yeah, pumping his (laughs) fist in the air (laughs) yeah
0: Yeah. that's true and pam's mom finally arrives pam's fake mom okay yeah (laughs) pam's fake mom she's played by shannon cochran and this is the only episode that actress is in this role Mm -hmm. moving forward she's played by somebody entirely different yep i did not look up her name but we'll get to her when she yeah makes her appearance next the real pam's mom the real yeah Helene, uh, yeah, <laughs> one of the greatest loves of Michael's life, oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and just as Pam's mom is walking in, Michael walks past her to just casually toss the blow up doll into the hall, yep, <laughs> seemingly just in front of the elevators, and that's that,
1: yeah, Pam's mom seems pretty uh pretty nonplussed about it, I mean she like
0: a little surprise to
1: see it but she's not her eyebrows go up a little bit but
0: she's not offended she doesn't bring it up in conversation exactly yeah she's not like me ma would be no no uh so pam and her mom are talking catching up pam's showing her the reception area it's whole area it's It's all hers yeah and uh jim kind of mentally preps himself and gets up and a little smile a little bounce in a step yeah saunters over to pam's desk and just about ready to introduce himself to pam's mom when roy walks through the door yep wearing a cosby sweater was it a cosby sweater no it's not really okay. a cosby sweater so it was
1: definitely a sweater probably the only time we see him wearing a sweater it's like a thick knit sweater though mm-hmm.
0: Maybe and, a little Christmassy looking even. Something. Yeah, a little bit. I don't know. It's it's, it's a very, nicer
1: than we usually see him. Yeah, it's dressed. a very odd
0: look for Roy. He's got his hair all combed nice. and
1: Yeah, I felt like looking at Roy more closely than I probably ever have watching this episode before, he definitely is like obviously a lot more dressed up than we've ever seen him. But something about the way he was dressed up made me think of it. Being like what an eighth grader looks like when they get really dressed up. absolutely. Like, he
0: didn't look like an adult ready to go out. He didn't. And, I mean, we've seen that he's not really, I mean, he is an adult at this point. But he doesn't really act like an adult at this point. No. We we see him in the last season very much matured from where he's at now. Yeah.
1: And I feel like that, I'm really glad that they, without getting too far into it, because it's way ahead of us. But, uh, I really like how they throw that in. And I feel like on like rewatches of that later episode where you see Roy again, yeah, I feel like it's really neat how you see the other side of this relationship where you're so wrapped up into what Pam and Jim are going through that, you know, you don't even really think about Roy. You're just like, look at this guy who's miserable because he can't be with the woman that he is in love with. And this woman that's miserable because she's not with the guy that she's really in love with. She's the guy she like, you know, is just kind of fallen into a routine with. And then Roy is just kind of this figure that's looming over this prospective relationship. Yeah. But you never stop to consider until you see how well he's doing later when he's with this other woman that he was also languishing in a relationship that was no good for him. It's true. Like, you know, he and Pam were just a mismatch on every level. Like, neither of them were conducive to one another's growth.
0: There's probably a reason that Roy was, you know, kind of putting off setting a date.
1: Yeah, I think deep down, you know, it's not that there was something wrong with Pam, but just, you know, something Yeah, something just didn't feel right for either of them.
0: That's a good point.
1: Yeah, and I mean, it's like you can easily just brush it off and say, you know, Roy's just Roy, but then you see that he's fabulously wealthy. Mm-hmm. he is classy <laughs> he yeah, has he, his own company like selling gravel or gravel, something yeah that's right he learned to play
0: piano and can now sing yeah beautifully as well so you know pam's mom greets roy yeah and big hug yeah roy Kiss. asks are you guys ready for dinner and pam's like "Oh, i need to stall for a little bit but i'll be down soon roy's like okay well i'll go down to the parking lot warm up the car Asks Pam's mom what kind of tune she wants and does a little awkward dance for his suggestion of oldies. Yeah, yeah. it's a little condescending. And, uh, in my opinion, a little bit. She's not that old. No. Roy shuts the door behind him. Pam's mom, I, I noticed, did like a double take mm-hmm. to make sure that the door was closed mm-hmm. before whispering to Pam, which one's Jim? Yeah, I
1: found that the timing very interesting too. Jim doesn't come up. To in her mind,
0: until she interacts with Roy and he leaves. Yeah, that's a good point. Mm-hmm. Huh. And, uh and the camera focuses on Jim's face, and he's just sitting there, and like you see the side of the face that the ca- that mm-hmm. you can see on the camera smirk. You don't know if he's doing it on the other side. Oh, I feel like you could be pretty certain he's not. At least as well as at he least can trying control not, not to. Not yeah, to. it seems like side he's straight. It seems like he's fighting back like a full blown grin. Yeah. Yeah.
1: But, he definitely um, looks
0: happy. He does. Happy gym face. <clears throat> so then we cut to Packer in the bullpen telling inappropriate jokes. He's got a uh, Meredith, Ryan Creed and Phyllis around him. Mhm. Some people laugh, some people don't. Phyllis looks up at Michael feeling kind of, you know, offended by mm-hmm. Packer's humor.
1: Again, looking to Michael for some kind of support, which just seems yeah. like a bizarre move at this point. Well,
0: I mean, at the same time, Michael's the only one who would really, or could really, stand up to Packer.
1: Could, but I feel like we haven't seen any indication that Michael has either yeah. the strength
0: of character or like the wisdom to do so. But I just mean from a power dynamic standpoint. Michael's, oh yeah, no, I get that. Yeah, Michael's but really just, the only person who could do yeah. Anything. So, my, uh, Packer continues telling jokes, starts a joke about a nymph a nymphomaniac at a nymphomaniac convention, mm-hmm. surrounded by all of these girls who are perfect tens, and he's getting real excited when all of a sudden, another girl walks up, and Packer kind of points at Phyllis to indicate that's what the other girl looked like, mm-hmm. and... Uh, that's
1: where
0: he, he crosses the line for Michael. Yeah, and Michael... Michael starts to cut him off, and Kevin tries to help Packer out with the joke by mm-hmm. naming Phyllis the woman he's pointing at. And Michael starts chastising Kevin, yeah, <laughs> saying that he's being inappropriate with this joke and um, basically as a way to get around like directly confronting Packer. Mm-hmm. And uh, in an attempt to make Phyllis feel better, he gets down on the floor and hugs her and starts showering her with is he on the floor i think he's like sitting in her lap no he gets down on a knee next Uh, okay yeah i guess you're right yeah i think
1: i'm mixing it with phyllis santa (laughs) (laughs) oh my they really got to you didn't they they didn't get to me
2: i got to them i am still the same old michael scott new and improved you know what i love phyllis you know what else i think she is gorgeous i think she is an incredibly incredibly attractive person come here come here Chris. come on <laughs> Michael, My. come on you oh. don't have to worry i'm not to, uh, i'm not i'm you not know, worried to hr you team. know what the only thing i am worried about is getting a boner Good work today, everybody.
0: <laughs> uh, nobody knows how to react to that. <laughs> he says it so weird, too. Yeah. A boner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like pushes his bottom jaw in front of his top jaw oh. as he says it. Like, <laughs> it's just so, everything about it is so awkward. <laughs> Uh, and I feel like it's,
1: I love that Phyllis is genuinely flattered and enjoying herself up until that moment. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then it all changes. <laughs> yeah.
0: And she's kind of horrified. Yeah. Low-level horrified. Oh, that was awkward. <laughs> I was, when I was going through this episode for this, Carrie was sitting next to me. Uh-huh. And uh, even, like, she, she hadn't said anything all episode. But then Michael said that line, and she was just like, oh, God.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I just found that funny. Because <laughs> she hasn't gone through the show. I think she's only gone through it all once. So, Oh, wow. It's not as ingrained in her mind as it is ours. So anyway, to cap off the episode, we get a talking head with Michael. <laughs> and he's talking about how... When families grow older, the daddy can't take baths with the kids anymore. He's upper management now. It, wouldn't, it would be inappropriate for him to take a bath with Pam. <laughs> no matter how much he may want to. He said, what? <laughs> he said, what? And that's what closes the episode is <laughs> Pam. <laughs> Pam just shocked at what the camera crew is telling her Michael said. <laughs> i love that yeah yeah that's the episode that's it it's all yeah. she wrote yep <laughs> this was uh <laughs> i've never watched this episode sitting next to a girlfriend yeah i could see that changing it 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 did i was you know i you know the the jokes landed a little differently in that context
1: it was the only thing you were afraid of getting a boner <laughs> <laughs>
0: No. That's good. <laughs> but uh yeah, interesting. Topsy turvy world. Yeah. It's a mad world. Well, let's move on to
1: ratings. Yeah. On that light note. <laughs> <laughs> So ratings, uh, what do you think? No, what do you think? What do I think you're putting me on the spot first I've, now. You're going first this time. Oh, man, this is a tough one. <laughs> well, I think it's a good episode. I don't think it's one of my favorite episodes, though. Mm. I think it's good because, you know, it, it talks about things that it's good when they're talked about. But uh, ultimately, I'm not watching The Office because I want to learn about life watching it because i want to be entertained yeah and this episode certainly has its funny moments but maybe is a little lighter on them than most fair enough and uh so with that in mind i think i think i don't know i'd have to look at the other episodes in season two but this might be one of my lower or lowest ranking ones Hmm. i think i'm gonna give it six and a half blow up dolls out of ten
0: nice yeah Actually, uh, I'm about at the same level as you when it comes to ratings. I'm going to give it seven crests of the labia out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> what does that mean? I feel, like, I feel like it would be lower if this episode hadn't introduced A, that's what she said, and B, Packer as we know him. Yeah, I didn't really think about that.
1: Those are some big introductions because, yeah. as awful as Packer is, I love watching him most of the time and he's a big part of the show. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah, so it is good for that. And that's what she says, of course. I mean, classic office. It joke is. Yeah. I mean, forever.
0: If anything, that is like the tagline that came out of the show.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So. SOS, Lo que dice L. that's what he says
0: (laughs) (laughs) that's great all right guys hit us up on social media yeah we got the links in our show notes yeah facebook twitter instagram yep and uh we will catch you next time hope you all have a great week peace paper people later
1: out of paper Gotta stop the friendly faces around the block.
0: Break loose from the chains that are causing your pain. Call like Stanley, Jim wine and Creek, call Andy and Kelly for your business paper needs. called the Mifflin people, persons, paper people. people.
2: The people, stop, stop, people. Persons, people, people, persons, people, people, persons, people, people.
0: You a big William Hung fan? Why does everybody ask me that? Who the hell is that?
1: Out of Paper is not endorsed by DLD Productions or NBC and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. The office, the office logo, and all character, pictures, and audio of the office are registered trademarks and or copyrights of their registered copyright holders.